Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. God bless everyone this morning. How's everyone doing? Oh, come on, let's try that again, all right? Let's act like I didn't even do that the first time. I said, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this morning? God bless you. Good to have you in the house. And for those of you joining us live online, it's great to have you joining us once again. I know the hour's a little earlier than you're used to, but I believe one of the great things about God, God doesn't go according to man's time. He goes according to what his purposes are. Amen. And so God can move at any time. And I believe God has a word for you. I'm challenged by what God has challenged me with this word. And I was sharing with the staff earlier today that when a word challenges me, I know that it's going to challenge you. I won't preach a word unless I know that that word is ministered to me first. And I, I want to just say how much we are, how, how blessed we are to have you here. And I know it looks different. I know right now we're not allowed uh, as far as the county of Santa Clara and the state of California to sing indoors right now because of COVID. But so we're doing our best right now to kind of uh, to shift, trying to make things happen. But we just talked about this on April 4th for for uh, our first fruit Sunday, for Resurrection Sunday, we're gonna hold one service outdoors. We're gonna do an outdoor service so we can get everyone in the family together once again, so we could sing, so we could worship, so we could celebrate. It's gonna be a phenomenal time, but we're gonna pre-record service. So for those of you at home, you won't get to see the parking lot service, but you will get to see the same message, the same worship. And so you'll be able to join us in that aspect. So we want you, to be part of our Easter celebration as we celebrate the rebuildings of the walls of Jerusalem and the rebuilding of your lives as well. Because what had been destroyed for over a century was rebuilt in 52 days because a, a man got up and said, you know what, this isn't right, that these things should be in this way. And so today, stand to your feet with me. Those of you at home, just stand in your hearts as you open your word with me to the book of Nehemiah chapter 4. And as you're turning there, I want you to see Nehemiah chapter 4 starts out the same way Nehemiah chapter 2 ended. And that's with opposition. Everyone say opposition. I need you to understand that whenever you choose to rebuild what's been destroyed in your life, you better expect opposition. Whenever you start rebuilding your marriage, Satan shows up. Whenever you rebuild your family, the enemy shows up. Whenever you decide to step out of addiction into sobriety, the enemy shows up. Whenever you try to break the cycle of debt, the enemy shows up. You are going to get opposition in your life whenever you try to rebuild. Someone say amen. So I want you to understand something that the enemy realize, when the enemy realizes that he can't stop the work, he will always decide to try to attack the workers. If he can't stop the work, he'll attack the workers. And so if he can't stop your marriage from being whole, he'll attack the husband and wife. If he can't stop the family from being put back together, he'll attack the children. The enemy, if he cannot stop the work, will attack the workers. So I want to talk to you this morning about the keys to rebuilding. Those of you at home, keys to rebuilding. And how do you rebuild when opposition is coming against you? Now, if you've never experienced opposition, you know what an, uh, what an opposer is. An opposer is, uh, a.k.a. a hater. 
drinking Haterade. You're, you're going to have opposition in your life. And it may not always be the devil that comes against you. It might be family members. It might be people you used to get high with. It might be individuals that you lived a certain lifestyle with. People that don't want to see you break out. I want you to understand that there is a key to rebuilding. Nehemiah chapter 4. And this is Nehemiah. Remember, Nehemiah has, was the cupbearer to the king. He heard about the condition in Israel about the walls being torn down and its gates burnt with fire. And he's in a place of prominence that God now utilizes his position and he turns it around to help someone else rebuild. I, I need you to say, just need to pause for a moment and say this. Your success is not for your comfort. Say it again, Pastor. Let me, let me talk to this side. It, your, your success isn't for your comfort. God has blessed you with success so that you can utilize it, translate it to bless other individuals, to help other individuals rebuild. Come on, somebody. Let me just say this before I go any farther. Randy, it's so good to see you, man. God bless you, you and your, your beautiful wife, Beto, and then also baby Rose, who's, uh, man, we are so excited. She's one month and one day old today. We can't wait to meet her. Good to have you, man. Good to have you. Come on. Go, that's right. Go ahead and give him a round of applause. <laughs> Nehemiah 4.1. Let me get to this. Ver, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, it's on the screen for you. When Sanballat, now, now you know this dude, just that name sounds like trouble. Do, do not name your kid Sanballat, all right? When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry. When someone hears that you're rebuilding your family, rebuilding your, your, your sobriety, rebuilding your life, there's some people that instead of being happy for you are going to get angry. And he gets angry and it was greatly incest. He's not mad. You got mad's here. Incest is at another level. Husbands, if you've ever got your wife mad, you understand what I'm talking about here. There's a difference between anger and being incest. He's incest at this moment, and it says this, and he ridiculed the Jews. I want to pause there as we pray. Everyone bow your heads with me. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says, amen. You may be seated this morning. See, many of us have lived in the rubble of life for so long and in dysfunction for so long in our lives that we don't realize that's not the way God intended it to be. You've gotten used to the rubble in your life, used to the way your marriage is going, used to the way your finances are, used to the way you think in your mind. But I want you to understand something, that that's not the way God intended it for us. Many of us are living in debt, unhappy. Listen, many of you at home uh, that, that have been abused, you're feeling uh, that, that have been addicted, feeling sick, lost, lonely. You're going through a time of brokenness. You feel depressed. You feel destroyed. You feel diseased. You're going through all these struggles. You're lonely and you're feeling defeated. There's times you don't even want to get out of get out of bed in the morning. There's times you don't even want to go to sleep because just the thought of going through another day is just so overwhelming to you. But I 
want you to understand that whenever you decide to roll out of bed and start rebuilding things that have been destroyed in your life, you better expect opposition. You better prepare yourself for the enemy to rise up against you and to try to stop what you're rebuilding. And in our lives, you're going to find a Sanballat will rise up in your life. And we're going to talk about Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, these three men in a couple weeks. We're going to talk about these guys that bring opposition. But I want you to recognize something about this. When opposition comes your way, we can categorize, categorize all opposition that we face in life in these two areas. You're going to find that you're going to have opposition externally, and that's from outside people. Now, how many of you have ever experienced uh, uh, opposition from people from the outside? People that aren't in your family telling you how to do things. People outside your circle that are, that are causing problems. But then there's another kind of opposition that you get from the inside. I can deal with haters on the outside. I have a hard time with dealing with haters on the inside. Sometimes the greatest opposition I go through isn't from other individuals. It's in my own mind. It's in my own, my, my own heart. We're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that next week. But I want to talk about external opposition right now. I want to talk about those individuals that whenever you make a decision to start rebuilding something, how someone will always rise up and try to stop you. If you're going to rebuild, you better prepare for opposition. Someone say opposition. Dysfunction may not be pleasant, but it can become familiar. You, you can get so used to dysfunction in your life that it's easier to walk around the rubble in life and all the broken walls and the gates burnt with fire than it is to rebuild it. It's so much easier to put a tablecloth over the rubble in your life than it is to move it. It's so much easier at times to decorate the, the, the dysfunction in our life than to get it taken care of. And so what am I saying? Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 2, it goes on and says this, in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria. Now, Samballat stands up. They're rebuilding the wall. He stands up in front of everyone. This is what haters do. They use social media. They use their platforms. They try to do it publicly to help humiliate you and try to keep you from rebuilding and try to tell you that what you're doing is impossible. Verse 4, it says, Samballat said this, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifice? Will they finish in a day? He's mocking them. He says, can they bring these stones back to life from the heaps of rubble burned as they are? In other words, damaged. These things are so damaged. In other words, your marriage is so jacked up. There's nothing you do that's going to put it back together again. Your finances are so messed up. You will never get out of debt. You are so messed up and so lost in sin. You will never find yourself on fire for God. And those haters will rise up whenever they look at where you were and where you're trying to get to. Oh, come on, somebody better, better respond this morning. So I need you to understand that word feeble, everyone say feeble. That word feeble is the same word that's used to describe a flower that's been cut and it's drying out. It's disconnected from your source. Whenever you try to build on your own, whenever you disconnect from God, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whenever you try to rebuild on your own, you will never succeed. You won't just be dried up, you die. 
I want you to notice the question Sam Ballot has here real quickly, okay? Are you still with me? No, notice these questions. He says, what, what are you doing? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? And then can they bring these stones back to life from the heap of rubble burnt as they are? You see, I, I want you to do this. I want you to replace right now the word wall with whatever it is in your life you're trying to rebuild. Whatever in your life you're trying to restore, I want you to ask yourself these questions. What are you doing as you try to rebuild? Will they restore their marriage, their family, their future, their hopes, their dreams? Will they restore their health? Will they offer sacrifices? Will you finish in a day? You see, the enemy will always try to make fun of you as you begin to proceed to try to bring about breakthrough in your life. You see, I want you to understand something this morning. Anytime you decide to do anything good, anything meaningful, anything generous, anything lasting, you better expect opposition. You better expect uh, obstacles to rise up. And you better expect resistance. You better prepare yourself to find someone or something coming against you. Adam and Eve had the serpent. Come on, somebody. Moses had Pharaoh. I want you to understand that every opposition, everything that you do, David had Goliath. Jesus had King Herod. He had the Pharisees. He had the religious leaders. He had the scribes. He had Judas. He had all these people, the devil and the demons, coming against him. Heck, even the Avengers had to deal with issues as well, like Thanos. Tom had Jerry. Come on, somebody. I want you to understand, even the roadrunner had Wile E. Coyote. In life, you're always going to have haters. You're going to have opposers. You're going to have people that are going to come against you. But I want you to understand, Nehemiah had Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. Because whatever you dis- whatever anointing you have to rebuild, you're going to have the equal anointing. Uh, uh, not anti-anointing or resistance coming against you. So if you have great resistance, baby, that means you're building something great. Herod only shows up when you come to redeem mankind. The Pharisees only rise up when you decide to give your life as a sacrifice. You'll only find Satan showing up whenever God shows up. Because whatever you decide to build, opposition will arise. So what am I telling you today? That if you are experiencing opposition right now, if you're experiencing some resistance, then baby, you are headed in the right direction. You are doing the right thing. Come on, somebody say. Amen. I forgot my handkerchief this morning. It's spreading COVID all over the place right now. <laughs> I want you to understand that opposition means you're on the right track. Opposition, you're in the right track. Because whenever the walls start going up, opposition shows up. Let me say that again. Every time the walls go up, opposition shows up. So whenever you start rebuilding the walls, rebuilding your standards, your marriage, your sobriety, you're going to find some opposition. You see, I want you to understand something. We have made following Jesus too easy. Jesus didn't say, you know what? Say a prayer and everything will be chill. He said, take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. 
The cross wasn't something you wore around your neck. It was a symbol of death. It wasn't an ornament. It was a movement. I want you to understand something. You don't just say a prayer and become a follower of Jesus. It's bigger than that. And that's why whenever someone goes through opposition, they end up backing up. Well, the pastor told me to come say a prayer. So you come, you say the sinner's prayer, and then all of a sudden you walk out. But no one tells you you're going to experience some opposition in this life. You're going to go through some issues in this life that when you make a choice to follow Christ, that means the enemy is going to rise up against you. And the problem is this that we end up finding. Mark chapter 4, verse 16. It's not on the screen, but we know the story of how the, the, the sower and the seed, that when you plant the seed and, and the sower, it lands on different kinds of soil. Thank you, Pastor Nick. I want you to understand something about this. The Word of God says this, that when, the, and when these little, when, when these, and these that are sown on rocky ground, when they hear the Word, they immediately receive it with joy. Many individuals hear the Word of God. They receive it with joy, and they're excited about serving God. Some of you have, at home have experienced this, but look at verse 17. But when they have no root, they endure for only a little while. And then when trouble and persecution arises on account of the Word, immediately they fall away. That's what we're experiencing right now in COVID. Some of you have experienced some problems, but no one told you that following Christ would be easy. Everyone thought that things for the road was going to be clear, but I'm here to tell you that whenever you start following God and you start going close to God, the enemy's going to rise up every demon in hell to try to keep you from reaching your purpose. Why? Because the enemy is afraid of when you build, you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. why he doesn't want you to rebuild your marriage, your finances, your future. See, I need you to understand your enemy will not go away just because you decided to start building. In fact, the enemy shows up the moment you begin to build. The enemy will always attack your ability and your assignment. We see in Nehemiah, the, this, this scripture here, Nehemiah 3, Actually, I think this is 4.3. It says, Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even if a fox climbed on it, it would break their wall of stone. See, the enemy will always make fun of your ability and your assignment. Your ability, you can't do this. You're trying to do, who's, who are you to do this? I want you to notice something. This, this is important because Satan always, his tactics haven't changed. That's the exact same thing he did to the, to the, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He questioned who they were. He questioned their assignment. And I want you to know he's not a creative being. He's a created being. And so he can't create, so his tactics are the same. And so when you understand the tactics of the enemy, you understand any time the enemy rises against you, oh, it's this fool again. Okay, that's what he's up to right now. His tactics haven't changed because he's not creative. He can't create. He can only twist. And so I want you to understand something here. Don't be surprised when you face opposition because advancement invites opposition. The devil doesn't bother you when you're not a threat. How many are being attacked right now? You're going through something right now. Some of you have your hands up. 
How many of you have gone through some battles? How many of you are still standing in the midst of those battles? I want you to understand something. The enemy will always demean your purpose and then demean your, perp- your, your person. He will make fun of your purpose and then he will devalue your person. See, he will attack these two things. Write this down if you're taking notes. He will attack your doing and your being. He will attack your doing, your assignment, and your being, your person. I want you to recognize something. The enemy will always attack who you are. Have you ever felt, you know what, man, I really want to do something great for God, but you begin to think, man, who am I to do this? You begin to think, I'm not worthy. I don't have the ability. What you, the enemy always attacks what you're doing, and who are you to do so? So whenever you start putting your finances together, your family together, you're getting out, of, getting out of sickness, going to school and getting that degree, who are you to do that? Ain't nobody in your family ever graduated from college. You, you can't do this. Now, everyone in your family has been divorced. How, what makes you think your marriage is going to last? Every family, every family has, been di- has fallen apart. They've been a dysfunctional family. But I'm here to tell you this, that God has given you an assignment. And when God gives you an assignment, he does, he's already taken into consideration your weaknesses, your failures, your mess-ups, and everything else. He's already factored those things in. And so God doesn't make a mistake when God gives you an assignment to do something. He's already determined who you are and who you should be in order to to make that happen. I want you to see this. So how do we respond to critics? This is, this is where we closed this morning, okay? This is where I want to bring it together. How do you respond to critics? I want you to notice how Nehemiah deals with his critics. And I want to challenge you this morning to do the same. I love what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham says, I treat criticism and praise the same. I don't give either one undue attention. And so I want you to understand this. He says this in verse 4 and 5. Notice what happens here, okay? How do you respond to critics? I want you to notice Nehemiah doesn't argue with them. I'm going to stop right there. Say it again, Pastor. He doesn't argue with the haters. Doesn't engage them. He doesn't even answer Sam Ballot, Tobiah, or Geshem. He doesn't even get into it with, uh, on Twitter. He doesn't get into it with them on Facebook. He doesn't send a, a subtle message through Instagram. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I thank God for the social media messages I haven't sent. Some of the best social media posts I've ever done are the ones I haven't sent. I want you to see what he does. He doesn't answer his critics. He answers to God. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm giving you keys right now. And I need you to grab a hold of it. He doesn't answer his critic. Instead of engaging at a lower level, he turns to a higher power. And I want you to see what he does here in verse 4 and 5. Are you with me? Hear us, O God. 
Man, you guys can't do a thing. Even if a fox walks on that wall, it's going to fall down. What are you feeble Jews doing? Are you going to finish in a day? You can't make this happen. You'll never accomplish this. Hear us, oh God. Don't even deal with them. Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. I love this prayer. He, he's, he's, getting, he's going old school. He's just going. He's go, verse 5. But don't cover up their guilt or blot out their sin from your sight, for they have thrown insults on the face of the builders. Now notice what he does. Goes back to work. He goes back to work. I I want you to understand that when the enemy comes against you, you have permission to freak out without tapping out. You have permission to get freaked out. You have permission to say, I don't know if I can do this. There's too much that's going on. I can't handle the, the, the criticism. I can't handle the opposition. All these things are against me. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I'm here to tell you today, you have permission to freak out. But don't you dare tap out. You stay in that fight. And as you find the haters rising up against you don't engage with your haters do what nehemiah does he only dedicates two verses to these fools and some of y'all are dedicating the whole chapter to your haters you are spending more time with your haters than you are engaging with your god Your haters didn't give you the assignment to rebuild your family. Your haters didn't call you to rebuild the wall. The haters didn't tell you that you could put your life together. God's the one that gave you the call. God's the one that gave you the responsibility. I want you today to forget what your haters are saying and remember your assignment. Come on, somebody. He pauses to pray. And he gets back to work. I said he pauses to pray and he gets back to work. I want to speak this to your hearts right now. He pauses to pray and then he gets back to work. As Randy comes, I want to challenge you this morning. Stop engaging with your haters. And start engaging with your God. You've heard it said, stop talking to your, to your God about how big your problems are and start talking to your problems about how big your God is. He prays, then he gets back to work. He prays, and then gets back to work. Spiritual practical spiritual practical some of y'all are at home you're praying God touch my marriage touch my family touch my finances but you're not doing anything practical then there's others of you that are practical you're working you're working you're sweating you're putting all this effort but you're not inviting the spiritual into it it's spiritual and practical. 
they go hand in hand. You, the Bible says, have you considered the sparrows that not one of them falls to the ground without your heavenly father knowing about him? That he feeds the sparrows and he clothes the lilies of the field. But have you noticed a bird doesn't just sit there on a branch like this? God feeds them. But the bird has to fly and go look for the worm. God's given you a promise. He says, I will supply all your needs according to the glorious riches through Christ Jesus. But there's a spiritual side and a practical side. Nehemiah prays and then he gets back to work. Look at verse 6. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked with their hearts. He prayed and released, prayed and released. I'm challenging you, right? Some of you are experiencing some opposition this morning. With heads bowed and eyes closed right where you are in this moment. You're going to go through opposition. That tells me that you're getting closer to the goal line. That tells me that you're getting closer to your goal in life. And I want to encourage you right now. The word of God says in Proverbs 24, 1, For a righteous man may fall seven times, but rises again. You've gotten knocked down. It's okay. Get up. What makes you righteous is the fact not that you've never fallen down. What makes you righteous is the fact you've never stayed down. We look at people that keep falling into sin over and over and over again, and we call them sinful. But the fact that they keep getting up again, God calls them righteous. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here right now. And first of all, you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Those of you at home as well, you're disconnected from God. And you've given up. You've gotten used to the rubble in your life. I want you to understand that's never been God's intent for you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here. And you would just simply lift your hand in the air and say, Pastor Dan, I, I want to just commit my life to Christ right now. I'm going to count to three. And on the third one, I want you just to lift your hand in the air high and say, Pastor, I want to receive Christ. One, the Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. We're all going to meet him someday. This life is a dress rehearsal for eternity, too. Why run from God? All he's going to do is love you when he catches you. As I say this final number, those sitting here, those at home right now, you recognize your need to make a change. Let today be that change. Ready? One, two, three. Lift your hands all over this place. Yes, God bless you. God bless you over here as well. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to ask you, those at home that are lifting your hands as well, let us know on, on, there online. Just put your hand up on, online. We just want to pray with you as well. Would you just all stand to your feet as we say this prayer? Do you make this decision this morning to make Christ your Lord? He's already your Savior, but let's surrender to him as your Lord. Let him take over every aspect of your life. Just say this with me. Heavenly Father, come on, say it with me. Heavenly Father, 
I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you. I believe you died on the cross and rose again on the third day because you love me. I commit my life to you. I want to rebuild the way you want it rebuilt. I give you control of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here and you're rebuilding something. Lift your hands as well. Right where you are. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. 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 I'm looking at you in the spirit even now and I'm seeing tool belts around your waist right now. God is beginning. Hard hats. You're getting ready for some construction. Those of you at home right now, you're getting ready to build. You're getting ready to start building some things. And so God's preparing you right now. Heavenly Father, for every hand lifted up, even at home in this room right now, I pray, God, that your grace would just descend upon each and every one. Lord, you have the blueprints exactly how things are to be built. And so, Lord, let us build and restore things your way today. Lord, grant us the necessary tools, my God, not to give up in the midst of opposition. Let us, my God, when opposition comes, let us pray and then get back to work. Pray and get back to work. Stop yelling at our haters and start working on that wall. So, Lord, I pray for every hand up in Jesus' name that you would bring, expedite these walls being rebuilt in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, everyone says, amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.